Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, hello, it's us, we're back. (laughs) You know, we got to figure out a different way. It's the same thing, I think, every week, but the energy and the enthusiasm, (laughs) I got to say. Well, y'all, we are on the final part of this series now, our Heartbeat series. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been an interesting one. Yes. I really liked the opportunity to highlight, um, you know, our administrative professionals and what they do. Of course, we started this back on Administrative Professionals Day, three-part series. Go back and listen to part one and two if you haven't heard those. Um, but really, what we're talking about today applies to everybody. Yeah. It does. Although I do like what you what you called this series, you know, administrative professionals being the heart kind of the organization, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, think about what your lives would be if you didn't have them around. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. It'd be awful. Yes. Yeah. You know, when I was in sales, we, we often called them the gatekeepers mm-hmm. um, because they determined whether you got in mm-hmm. to the decision maker or not. Not saying they're not the decision maker because they held the keys to the kingdom Mm -hmm. and uh, how valuable, how valuable they are. Absolutely. Yes. And so as we have kind of talked about, we started this whole series discussing kind of the the credibility, the influence piece, the kind of managing multiple demands, because we know that our administrative professionals have a million people coming to them. Uh, And then last week we talked about that idea of conflict, our listening and conflict, because things get a little bit difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, for any. And again, anybody, not just necessarily the administrative professionals, but today I will tell you is probably one of the topics I get asked most about Mm -hmm. by administrative professionals. And it's really how now do I find the time to do all of the things that I'm being asked to do? And so our topic today, really finding that rhythm when it comes to your projects, your tasks, um, how you define when you're going to do something based off of maybe a matrix that will give us a tool or a resource later. Um, but tell me, thinking back to when you all started out in your careers, how did you initially approach that particular question? Because I can only imagine all of us have probably asked that at some point. You know, how do I do it all? How do I do all of this? Well, yeah, because it's not just about the demands of work. You know, it's also as a whole human being, you have a a personal life, right? Yeah. You also have to kind of prioritize and how you're going to spend your time there with family, with friends, with, you know, those kinds of things you really want to do as well as the workplace. So um, it, it is somewhat difficult, I guess. I, I guess, though, I think people have a, a warped sense of trying to, like you said, find more time. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, you can't. Right. Uh, there is no more time. You only get 24 hours in a day. Okay. I take that back. Every four years, every year, <laughs> you might get an extra twenty-four hours. Right? Right. But beyond that, you there there you can't make up time. Right. You can't save up time now and use it later. Once it's spent, it's spent. Look, we just spent another second, right? Yeah. And it just keeps going and going and going. 
So this idea of, of trying to find more time to do things, I think, is a disnomer. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, when we think about time management, um, and here's this old saying from, I can't, I think he was a philosopher, Goethe or something like that, G-O-E-T-H-E, I can't remember. His quote was, things that matter the most should never be at the mercy that things that matter the least. That's what time management's about, mm-hmm. right? Making sure you know what your priorities are and then using your time on those priorities. So that's that's how I would look at it. Yeah. You know, time management has so much more to do with self-discipline mm. than it does with the clock. Yeah. Um, so you it's know. a disnomer. It shouldn't be time management. It should be about self-discipline management. Right, <laughs> right, right. Person management. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of tips and strategies I know that we'll we'll share um, and we hope that you will add to the list of course. Um, those that have made you successful in the jobs that you're doing. But, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with with yourself mm-hmm. and managing yourself within the time that you have. Great point there, because it does come down to first knowing yourself and how you operate within a day. You know, I I laugh uh, when we talk anytime about this topic because my husband always tells me I have zero time sense. So for me, it's always been, uh, I think I can do more in a smaller amount of time than what I can actually do. And then I get mad and then I'm frustrated with myself and then the rest of the day is thrown off because now I'm emotionally hijacked. And so He's helped teach me that. Uh, and, you know, I'll start throwing, I think we could do this and this. And then he's like, um, you got 30 <laughs> minutes, Brianna, <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah. And so for me, it's been helpful to really spend some time first and foremost in how do I look at time and how am I currently operating within the 24 hours a day that that I'm given? So I even started time journaling a little bit to, to identify, OK, how long is things actually taking me to do? I think that's a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful idea. And it's probably the first step I would, if anybody's looking to improve how they use their time, that's what I would say. It's hard to make changes to how you do that without first understanding how are you spending right. your time. I think the, the the problem that I sometimes see, though, with those time audits um, is we sometimes will make up a, a form that already has some preconceived kind of um, areas of where we're spending our time at, right? Um, and we kind of miss all the times like when we actually get up from our desk and go chat with somebody. Because <laughs> that's not going to be on the Oh, so you're talking board. about real time. Oh, jeez, Dewey. You, I thought call sit, me out, okay? Sit, call me out. Sit down at the end of your day and try to remember yeah. well, all of it. You know, how many times you actually get up and go take a walk around the building or, you know, or, or how many times um, you might get interrupted, you mm-hmm. know, from phone calls or whatever it may be. But, you know, you, we have to be honest with right. ourselves if we really want to understand where we're spending our time so that we can make more informed decisions to improve that use, then we, it's really important that we really understand exactly where we're spending our time. Yeah. You know, and, and not to be intimidated by this um, idea of a, of a time journal, because we are such creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. I bet if you took it for two days mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just, you know, was committed to it in the moment, you know, yep. with you at your desk, um, you don't need to keep it for a month. Right. You know, right. I mean, two days, two of your normal days, because mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. And then I, I bet 
in that you'd you'd find those those trends mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. because we're such creatures of a habit. We are. We are. But be honest, how many times are you getting on the net just to check out a news story or, you know, checking your horoscope, that kind of thing. So. He's he's literally calling me out as I do this right now. <laughs> no, but I, I what I was actually looking for on my phone is I'm thinking about that. One of the things that was a big um, eye opener for me is is much like you said, right? I wasn't accounting for some of those those little pieces that you don't even acknowledge you're doing. So mm-hmm. what my phone started doing on Sundays now, and I don't know if you're all does it too, I get these weekly reports of screen time. Yep. Yep. Oh, I heck no. I don't oh. want that. It really, like the first time I saw it and it talked about how many hours, approximately how many hours a day I was on the screen, I went, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like I that's not what I want. That's not what I want my son to see and honestly it was such an autopilot thing. Like you right. know my subconscious had just taken over. And so I think I told you we might even talked about it on a previous podcast. I like made an intentional choice to not look at Facebook for almost an entire 2 weeks. Mm. Um Did you have withdrawals? I a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but it was in a weird way. It was like, I think I mentioned before, I'd be at a stoplight mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize I'd pick up my phone sometimes at a stoplight and just scroll Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is where that screen time yeah. is coming into. Yeah. Makes sense. So you're right. So set yourself up. If, if you really maybe can't be honest with yourself, find ways that you can keep yourself honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find ways to keep yourself honest. So what else? As you kind of think through that, what else has worked for you all? That first step kind of being that self-awareness. Next piece is we kind of process through that. Now we know how we use our time. Well, this is where I guess the next step for me would be um, Covey's, Stephen Covey's Mm -hmm. time management matrix. I think it's a really great tool because unfortunately, I think when people are deciding how they're going to use their time, if they're like most people, it's let's sit down and do a to-do list, right? And so we sit down and think about all the things that we have to do. And usually um, we make our decisions about what we're going to do and how we prioritize that list based on urgency, based on a date that those things are due. Now, don't get me wrong. That's kind of important. But that to me is really the only variable that we kind of look at when we're thinking about how we're spending our time. I would also encourage you to look at another one. Uh, Covey would encourage you to look at another one. And that's the sense of importance, because there are some things that we do that are very important and very urgent. Those are the things we need to do now. Right. Mm -hmm. Get them off your plate. Um, They don't get any 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 easier to do the longer you put them off. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, No, just the more urgent they become. They become become crises, things like that. So that's that quad one. Do it now. There are things, though, that are very important, but they don't have a sense of urgency about them. Um, And this is what Covey calls quad two. And what he suggests to us is to do those things soon. Okay, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about what each of these are in just a minute. Um, quad three are those things that are they're urgent, they're urgent, but they're not but important. They're not important. Yeah. And those are the things that we really have to question ourselves on. You know, why am I doing this? You know, it always has a sense of urgency about it, but there's no importance to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get those things that are neither, neither, yeah, <laughs> neither. And, not important you know, or urgent. Get rid of those things. Get rid of those things mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know that I think that one that you talked about, that's it, it's not important, but it's urgent kind of speaks to that. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, and he, Covey calls those time thieves. 
mm-hmm. because that is where you look at the end of your day and kind of go, oh, my gosh, how where did my day go? Right. right. When you realize what have I actually accomplished? And from that little time audit or, yeah. or journal or whatever, you know, thinking about where were those quad three or quad C or whichever, you know, you're looking at that just stole your time. Right. You know, like, oh, I got on Pinterest to look for a recipe for sweet and sour chicken. And then before you know it, I've booked a vacation to Florida, <laughs> you know, and it's three hours and a thousand dollars later. But, um, you know, it was like, whoops. <laughs> so uh, true. That's where the self-discipline yeah. comes I'll in. You, I, I have to share another example of that one because um, and this is way back, Ray, before you were on board with at MTI. And so our old boss, Alan, um, had a meeting with the dean. And the dean delegated a report that he wanted Alan to accomplish. Okay, uh, he had to go um, contact a bunch of people across campus, and uh, he had to summarize the information that he gained, and he had to send it back up the chain of command. Right, and so of course, you know how it works—that all flows downhill. Yep. So as soon as Alan got back from the dean's office, of course, he delegated that to me. Yep. Okay. So I did this report once a month for twelve months. Um, and after, you know, it got to a point where I was like, I felt like I was writing the same thing over and over every month. Um, I was just doing that seek, find and replace, you know, so from last month to this month, nothing's really changed. Um, so I started Alan asking Alan questions about this report, you know, who gets this report? Why do they use it? How do they use this information? And, you know, he didn't know the answers to that. So he went back to the dean and um, he asked the dean some of those questions. And the dean said, I just needed that once. Oh. I had been doing it, you know, all, uh, you know, so you think yeah. about all the time that I wasted. You know, it always had that sense of urgency. It came with that sense, that due date. But nobody really ever explained how important it was or, or how not important it was mm-hmm. to me. Um, so sometimes you need to ask yourself those kinds of questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, as we were talking about different examples for this, the very first one that came to mind for me uh, talking about that quad one, and that's going to be that um, urgent and important space where for my prior uh, position before I came to MTI, I mean, that was a regular daily That occurrence. was your job. It was. Yeah. It, that crisis communication. Absolutely. Right. And so we'd get, we'd get the call. I mean, you'd never know when a criminal is going to commit a crime. And so we'd get the call. Um, we'd hear the, you know, the tones go over. So you'd listen to the scanner. You knew something was coming, but you had to wait till officers secured the scene. And so you're just sitting there, you're waiting. And it's just this, like, I could feel the adrenaline in my body already, yeah. like, pulsing through because it's going to be a moment. My phone's going to ring. It might ring multiple times, depending on the severity of the crime. Go out to the scene. I got to compose myself to be able to talk to the media. And I just remember, I mean, there were days I can remember we had a, a, a bank string of bank robberies within a day and they had hit three different banks that same day and I was out at every single scene and I was exhausted Mm. like absolutely exhausted of course urgent important we got to get the information out it was part of my job but I remember thinking to myself as I got home that day if I have another day like this tomorrow I don't know how I'm going to sustain my energy. Mm-hmm. It was this constant just state of flux, state of, of anxiousness. Um, I mean, of course, I love what I did, but too much of that yeah. <laughs> can be just very tiring, very exhausting. Yeah. You know, and how interesting, because 
literally that was your job. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was built in, right, right, that you would respond and you would present um, at a crime scene, which is already riddled with a lot of stress. Um, but then to think that we bring that on sometimes ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that it, that's not our job. Right. Um, not that we don't handle things that are urgent and important as part of our administrative professional job, but recognizing, do you have to? Is that by choice or by default? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how can I control the controllables? Because you're right. You can't live with that hair on fire. Right. Um, it does. It burns you out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I find are all those quad one things, those important and urgent. They're the crises that happen. They're the the things that are really have that due date that's due immediately. Mm -hmm. They are uh, customer inquiries or customer requests, um, you know, things that need to take place right away. And, you know, you think about if you live there um, a lot, you know, that results in what? Stress, yeah. burnout, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, pretty soon. Sick days, sick sick days. days. Yeah. Yeah, failed relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goodness, and it's, it's the quitting slippery slope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What he says is that, you know, we recognize that we all live in all four of them. Yeah. Um, but it is important to maybe think about that's why he says for quad one, urgent and important, do it now. It's not going to get any more pleasant the more you put it off. But we got to carve out time. Unfortunately, we, we rob time from quad two, which are the things that are important, important but, not, but not so urgent. We take our we rob time from there and devote it to these other three areas. Mm -hmm. And so, I, again, he, I think he's what he says is that we're you know recognize that as human beings, you're going to spend your time in all four of them. But again, more of a balance, perhaps. And getting back to quad two, because that's why he says, do it soon. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. Do it soon. Time flies, but you're the pilot. Mm. Mm. I like that, Ray. Thank you. Yeah. Is that one of those from Ray's, Ray's book she's going to write someday? Yes. Okay. Okay. I have a lot of Ray quotes. I don't know if you know <laughs> oh, that. heavens. I pull out some uh, in trainings. And so that, that's a good one. So like how would you describe what quad two is? Quad two for me is the quadrant of planning. Mm -hmm. And so even when I plan my to-do list, right? So I, I, I do, I, I operate out of that list, you know, I write it, but then I organize it based on the quadrants. Like what is... What have I put off that now is an urgent and important or what um, can I put into a, a more reasonable time frame? You know, like next Friday, call this customer, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, quad two is the quadrant of planning. Um, and I think part of that planning is part of the what we're so big on is this idea of rejuvenation, mm -hmm. relationships, mm -hmm. you know, to plan to have time for relationship building. And, you know, I think build that into the plan. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have really poor relationships at work, then, you know, how's that going to play out? But if you take the time. Because, um, again, there's no usually sense of urgency about, a, you know, a relationship. Right. But if I plan for it, like you say, build some of that relationship, then how does that impact my work? Right. Um, and the other thing I love what you said, Ray, is that sense of renewal. You know, so 
um, you know, getting learning something new. Mm-hmm. How can that help me with managing those crises that pop up in quad mm-hmm. one? Right. Um, but those are the things we do. We, we rob time from quad two to devote to quad ones, three and four. And I think it was interesting. I was with, with a friend the other uh, last week and we were talking about uh, needing to make it a more regular occurrence to sit down and have coffee together. You know, and she goes, I just really I know I'm going to have to just start writing it on my calendar, you know, Oh, and it sounds silly to think about having to write in social time, but, you know, you're talking about this relationship concept and maybe that's what it is. You know, we've been talking on our team recently about being able to devote 15 minutes, you know, at the top of staff meetings just to talk about everything else but work. Right. Um, and so when you schedule it in right, and you commit that time to it. You're taking control of it and you're more likely to do it. Yeah. And it results in a lot more vision, a lot more balance when you can get back to quad two. Well, and honestly, you know, when you think about, you know, relationships that are are difficult, Mm. you know, or what we might uh, a grind where things just slow become so much harder to do. Mm -hmm. And so what a project that might have taken three hours collaboratively is going to take two people now eight hours separately, mm-hmm. you know? And so if we had spent maybe that 15 minutes at meetings, you know, once a week, we could have saved ourselves 14 hours, right? right. You know, by spending 30 minutes, you know, a month, right? Um, yeah. You know, on the relationship yeah. side of things. So Sometimes yeah. you got to slow down to speed up. Yeah. yeah. And then the final thing, we haven't really talked about it, but... Um, that quad four. That quad four. <laughs> yeah. So these are things that are not important. They're not urgent. Uh-huh. And you really need to kind of get rid of these as <laughs> much as you can. That's um, my, He's looking at me. That's my Facebook no, scrolling. No. <laughs> You're on the right side. So every, people people have a natural I, I deferral to, this, to the right side. I was going to my story, which I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, but there was a time in my career... Where every morning, when one of the first things I would do once I got my computer booted up was to go look at my horoscope. And it wasn't just my horoscope. It was everybody's <laughs> going to come in contact with that day. What did their horoscope have to say? And, you know, when you think about how much time I devoted to that, because I don't believe it. It was just it was just more entertainment value sure, than sure. anything yeah. else. Um, but, you know, when you when you look back and you add all that time up, you're like, what a waste of time, you know, <laughs> where I could have been developing a relationship or I uh, could have been, you know, learning something new. Um, so, again, we need to kind of get rid of as many of those, I think, as we possibly can. Isn't it interesting? So you said a really key word there that I want to just kind of hone into for a second. You said it was more entertaining. And when I think about our society today and I consider the levels of entertainment and the ways in which we can access entertainment now, we live in a world where those constant distractions are only amplified. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to be entertained than it is to actually have to deal with the real world problems. You know oh, yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they have linked, I mean, things with our technology, the being when you get mm-hmm. uh, an email or a text message that there's that release of dopamine that yeah. almost like if you were winning at gambling or even if you had taken a drink. Yeah. Right. That that happy thing that was like, oh, I need more of that. I need more of that. Yeah. So I remember when. You know, at at the bank, back at the bank, we had multiple facilities. And I remember the day we put TVs in the lobby. (gasps) 
Do you remember that? <laughs> were you were there then? There. Okay. They, they were okay. already in the in the lobby when I was And there. you know, the idea was, you know, when people are waiting in line, it minimizes it because it's distraction, right? right? And we were trying to one particular location we were trying to like brand as a business center, mm-hmm. you know, and so we ran CNN or what other stuff um, on the TVs. And then, of course, you got the golden ropes uh, that you got to weave around. And, you know, so people wouldn't mind standing in line so long if they could be entertained mm-hmm. while they're doing it. Um, and I, it, honestly, it was uh, it was a copy from Worlds of Fun mm-hmm. um, because I had been there with the kids and, you know, those long lines to get on rides, but boy, we could watch TV. And before you know it, it's your turn. And I thought, right, right. And, but, you know, look at how far it's gone though today, because, you know, they have little TV monitors in the drive-thru at banks now where you can, you know, you know, well, you pump yourself. your gas, yeah, you, music gas. Plays or, you know, they do <laughs> the latest NBA scores and stuff. Right, I'm just like, right, right. what? Yeah. Nobody so, can just be silent. <laughs> and isn't that interesting? Because now there's actually times in my day I just crave silence. Yes. Because there's so much noise. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I guess I want to ask then, talk and and we're think of the noise. Yeah. These individuals Absolutely. in this profession. Absolutely. And you know, when we think about that whole thing, we, we mentioned at the very beginning of this that time management is about your kind of your self-control, you know, and I want to dive into the energy piece. We talked we've talked on the leadership lane series about e- ELI mm-hmm. and the Energy Leadership Index. And I remember asking you in that in that particular episode, Ray, like, how do you deliver energy when you feel like you have no energy to deliver? And you gave the the concept of the 10 million watt light, light, light bulb. bulb. OK, there yep. it was. Yep. But kind of the same thing. I think that there's a um, is there a finite resource of self-control yes. that we have? Yes. Yes. It's called ego depletion. Um, but absolutely. I mean, you can be so so restrained, self-restrained, that at some point you consume all of that restraint. And, you know, they kind of use like if you have kept it all in all day and you have monitored everything you've done, said, feeling you've expressed, um, and then you get home and you just like Bark at the dog, you know, because you're, you're, you're done. Or, you know, a lot of times you hear people just, I just go and eat ice cream or, you know, I mean that it's gone. I can't, I can't self-control anymore. My, it's used up. Mm -hmm. So it is a finite resource. So in thinking through that, I mean, I, I can only imagine on the front end before you've reached that point, that planning piece is so critical. Right. And that's where it goes back to quadrant two. Right. So all this is tying together here and this idea of being able to plan for things like that, that at some point you will lose, you will lose control. But uh, being able to recognize what am I going to do when I'm at that point? I'm doing a a training on overcoming decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. And we speak specifically to this and Mm -hmm. talk about strategies to overcome that decision fatigue. Right. Yeah. For being able to make better decisions, you know, longer. Yeah. Right. Well, it's interesting. Because I think we've we've talked on these episodes before. We have a whole podcast titled, you know, you make 35,000 of these yes. every day. That's yes. your decisions. Yes. Um, and as an administrative professional, I, that might that's even be probably, amplified. Yeah. Say, that's probably doubled. <laughs> At least the more conscious ones. Right. Um, absolutely. Right. What additional thoughts or considerations, you know, should should we give when we consider time management? There's not one way 
Mm. to do it because I think we all have different styles and we all work for different bosses Mm -hmm. and we all, you know, if we're, you know, we recognize what their expectations of us in this particular position are. Um, So you got to find what fits Mm -hmm. with your style and and your workflow and your boss and what you're being measured against um, and making sure that those expectations are clearly defined Mm -hmm. because when you do maybe take um, uh, directions from five, six different individuals, but who who do you directly report to? And I think that's important to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, know those priorities, you know, have conversations with the people, you know, directing the work and and find out, you know, what specifically are their expectations? Yeah. Do they need that report yeah. 12 times <laughs> or what? They need it once. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's those kinds of things I think that are can really help inform and make better decisions about the use of time. And I would say find ways to start trusting yourself with time. And I know that sounds kind of odd, but when I think of all of the opportunities out there, and I even got asked in a training one time, you know, what apps do people use to to monitor their time? And and on average, people have seven to eight apps that they try to use to manage their time on a daily basis. The upkeep in seven to eight apps <laughs> just to manage your time yeah. is a waste of time. It is. <laughs> and so thinking through how can you build in in spaces internally where you can learn to trust yourself that when you say you want to get up and work out in the morning, <laughs> that you're not going to hit the snooze three times. You know, how can you start creating some new habits to really process through trusting yourself and the decisions that you're making with the time you have. You know, that's interesting too, because I that might be another little tip to use. And so, for example, I don't keep my email up and running all day. Mm-hmm. I will go and check it about four or five times a day, um, but I do it all at once, right? And get all that done, take care of. So if you can group similar things uh, and then just get those over and then be done with it, right? And, I, I, you know, to that point... Um, Dewey, I've worked for you for 15 plus years. I've known you for 30. And just uh, a month and a half ago when we were in San Antonio trying to log in at the restaurant for our leadership program, and I said, well, just pull it up on your phone. You go, I don't keep my email on my phone. Mm. I don't. Uh, my jaw dropped. Wow. I'm like, are you kidding me? He wow. doesn't even have. Yeah. And I was wow. like, yeah. Because that's I, that is my. I was so email. proud of you. Yeah. And I was and just like, dang. I made a conscious decision yes. to keep that separate on my phone. Which is funny because I never feel like you're inaccessible. Right. So maybe I just haven't. No, because uh, you always text. Right. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm. I'm fine with that. I, I love it when I hear from you. But um, my email, that's a lot of other people trying yeah, to contact yeah. me on email. It just surprised me. Yeah. I was like, yeah. cool, dude. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, thank you all for the very hearty discussion on this today. And uh, thank you to our administrative professionals out there. Um, really, we, we've tried to highlight you all for the last three weeks now, but it's beyond that. You all should be highlighted every single day. We appreciate the work that you're doing. And uh, we'd love to hear from you or any of our listeners out there. Let us know, what are you thinking about these series? You know, we finished up the Leadership Lane. Now we've finished up the Heartbeat series and we'll have more to come. So be looking for that. But um, what are your thoughts? Send them to us at mti at missouri.edu. And until next time, go be great. 
Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.